with insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish Patriot, Cindy Gross. Hello and welcome to a very important episode of the Jewess Patriot. I am your host, Cindy Gross, today's premier Jewish women activist, talking about the issues that concern Jews and non-Jews. And I'm very happy to tell you that the countdown is on. We've been talking about this for two years, and now we're days away from finding out who will be the winners in the midterm. Will the House change? Will the Senate change? And who will decide to run for the White House in 2024? Join me in my opening Pearls of Wisdom because I am Zisel Peril, Sweet Pearl in Yiddish. Yes, it's the final countdown. And I'm telling you to take advantage of every minute to that countdown. There's no reason to rush to the polls you will be able to vote in person safely on election day. And take advantage of all the news that comes out, all the opinions that come out, all the videos and TikToks and all those social media posts that you see because people want to make a statement. People are angry. And they are going to take action to make sure that their anger is heard at the polls. We can no longer trust pollsters. We can no longer trust mainstream media. We can no longer trust opinion pieces. Some people don't trust me. I've been called an anti-Semite. But I can tell you this much. Between now and November 8th, people are looking everywhere to be able to have that scoop of dirt on a candidate they don't like. If you see someone not debating or debating too late, that should tell you lots. That should tell you a lot about the organization that they are running. That should tell you about their past. That should tell you about what they would do in the future with your taxpayer dollars. Democracy is in everyone's hands. Be smart and use it safely and carefully. Every election we say, it is the most important election of our lifetime. And I'm telling you, this is the most important election of our lifetime because of the two years of leadership of Joe Biden. This is no longer a D versus R. It is survival of America. We have Another great lineup of candidates I want you to meet who are projected to win. Had enough yet? Do facts no longer matter? Are lies to be encouraged instead of punished? This is not our inheritance. If truth no longer matters, we will not remain free for long. This is our generation's challenge, to defend our founders' hope that we the people could self-govern if we defend our right to get the facts. And right now, we're building the only defense a free people have. The facts on every politician, every position they held, every statement they've made, every vote they've made, and any cash they've taken. It's the real history on those now pandering for your vote. There are hundreds of young people building our defense right now, and they need your help. We all have our passions, but as our ancestors knew, When events become so foul they threaten us all, we must stand and defend each other. Please, have our backs. Join us at VoteSmart.org. Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. When we did New York Red, uh, our next uh, congressional candidate, who is expected to win in every poll, regardless of uh, party affiliation, He unfortunately couldn't make it, and we promised him equal opportunity. So Nick LaLota is running in New York 1, and like I said, this is a seat that should be read. It was the former Congressman Lee Zeldin seat. It is open, and right now the polls have him ahead, and his resume speaks to the American people, a military background, family and law enforcement, 
rising up through local government, multiple endorsements, and somebody who has been doing a strong grassroots campaign, going out day-to-day, meeting the people regardless of political party. We're going to talk a little bit about how the New York City COVID situation changed his district a little bit, and it's actually helping him. So, Nick Lalota, thank you so, so much. I can't appreciate, tell you how much I appreciate you making the time to come on and joining the Jewish, I'm sorry, the Jewish Patriot, because we are Long Island Red, and I'm proud to be a part of it. Thanks so much. I appreciate you uh, you having me on. Uh, looking forward to speaking with you and, uh, and connecting with your audience on all the important issues that are facing Long Islanders, New Yorkers, and, and Americans. I'm uh, proud to have served our country. My whole family served one capacity or other. Uh, looking to get to Congress to help uh, put this country back on the right track. So you have been endorsed by Kevin McCarthy. You are a young gun, which means that the RNC is taking this race very seriously. Uh, you've been endorsed by Steve Scalise, and you have uh, really been uh, very much in the public eye because the primary that you were in and won received so much national attention. So this seat is really a seat that the entire country watches uh, from day one, whoever announces, up until victory and then their voting record. Your district really was affected a lot by COVID because a lot of the people that left Manhattan and the very liberal progressive districts moved into your district. But it doesn't seem to have changed the pendulum for having a more blues uh, district. Tell us why and tell us why issues win for Republicans all over the country, but especially in your district. Yeah, so so this district is part of both parties' 218 seat plan, 218 being the number that it takes to get to a House majority. And each party knows that it can't get to a majority without winning New York one. We welcome the spotlight on us. We want to talk about the issues that are most important to folks in the district and to America as a whole. We welcome uh, the national stage here. We want to talk about those important issues because, of course, we stand right on those issues, issues related to the economy and public safety. In the Republican Party, my candidacy, we have very, very strong solutions to those issues. And, yes, it's a a district that uh, has changed a little bit over the last couple of years because of COVID. We've had a lot of folks from Manhattan, from Brooklyn, uh, either move out to the first district or move into uh, their summer or second homes here in the district. And we've asked them, please understand what you're leaving and why you're leaving the five boroughs. Understand that those oppressive policies, those high tax policies, those anti-liberty policies weren't good for you there. Please vote for candidates here who will protect liberty, who will protect your economic is- is- interests, who will protect your, your public safety. And, and that resonates. You know, Folks understand the contrast between a de Blasio style of government and then how the rest of us would do it. And uh, when we're picking up a lot of steam across the aisle with, with former Democrats who understand there should be a balance in our government. And, and that's why we expect to do quite well this year. Well, everybody's also looking at New York because really there's one issue that's driving people to vote and they don't care about party. And that's cashless bail reform and high crime and safety. People are afraid to walk on the streets in Shirley. You had the issue with uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin's family. Now, Lee has been talking about MS-13 for years. You understand it. Tell us what is going on with safety and why you are the person people should feel safe with. So it used to be that everybody, Republican, Democrat, Independent, agreed that public safety was tantamount. We should support our cops. We should understand that there's a difference between the bad guys and the good guys. It wasn't more than 10 years ago that everybody was on the same page on that issue. And whatever it is, this wokeness stuff, people who have the Trump derangement syndrome or whatever it is, got into people's heads that somehow they should coddle criminals and somehow make the cops the bad guys. That's totally backwards. My candidacy stands for the opposite. We're going to support our cops. We don't need Biden's 87,000 IRS agents. We need more border agents. We need to secure our border, a wall, a fence, or some sort of physical barrier. The fancy politicians have those sorts of things around their fancy homes. We should have it on our southern border. We should stop the, the illegal flow of people, of drugs, of weapons across our southern border. Right now, China made and Mexico made fentanyl is killing more than 200 people per day. That's the equivalent of a commercial airliner crashing every day. 
because of the porous southern border we have. It's like Swiss cheese. The federal government has an obligation, specifically the Biden administration under Mayorkas' Department of Homeland Security has an obligation to secure that border. When Republicans take the House this year, I'm so confident we will. We're going to hold the administration accountable to secure that border, hire more IRS agents, excuse me, hire more uh, border agents and less IRS agents, and uh, hire more immigration judges, too. We have an unfair 18-month backlog of federal immigration cases. We should deliberate through those cases, clear that backlog, and put our country back on the safe right track. As an education activist, and as, as I've been told, Randy Wyon says, one of her worst enemies, because I have a, a very long lawsuit against her. I want to talk a little bit about education, because it's not discussed enough uh, about your district. Many people who moved there and thought they were going to be there temporarily ended up staying permanently. And one of the reasons was, was the public schools in your district. And now you have a lot of issues with education, whether it's a biased curriculum, the, uh, the idea of the illegal immigrants, which the Biden administration has brought into your district, uh, and now using the tax dollars uh, where your taxpaying voters are upset. This has become a very big issue uh, for mothers in particular, you know, suburban moms who the Democrats are, you know, thinking they have in their hands. I'm hearing from a lot of these mothers that they're going with you because they want to secure public education and quality schools with school choice. What are you hearing? Let's be clear. Parents should have the largest say in their kids' education. That, you know, government has a role through its school districts in order to implement policies. But let's be absolutely clear, the parents should be driving the, uh, sorry for for the figure, should be driving the bus on this. And we need to empower parents, ensure that parents are more involved. And there's a terrible dichotomy right now that exists between the, the, the school unions, the New York State Education Department, the Federal Department of Education, and the good teachers who want to implement good policies. My wife is a public school teacher, And she and many others are hungry to be able to implement good policies. But some of those terrible woke policies that are removing parents from the equation is is strapping them and and leaving them powerless to do the good that they want to do with the kids. That's why they signed up to be teachers, to help serve the community, to help empower children, to ensure their education has the right trajectory so they can live out this great American dream of ours. We need to have a vast overhaul of those policymakers to ensure that Parents uh, play a larger role, and the teachers are teaching curriculum that, that we want them to teach. Teach them, you know, reading, math, um, you know, science, the, the stuff that we learned as kids. Let's save the crazy sex ed stuff for an appropriate age, and let's take the woke anti-American stuff out of the curriculum, too. And let's start teaching factual history and not opinion of history. You, 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 te- you teach history with a pen, not with an eraser. There are so many great things about our country that, of which we should be so proud. We've always strived to be a more perfect union. That doesn't mean that we were always perfect at every moment in our time, but we have led the nation for 240, we've led the world for 246 years on fundamentals of freedom and opportunity. We should be damn proud of that. And we should harness that and inspire the next generation of Americans to carry that torch as well. We should be so proud about our American history. We shouldn't erase it. I couldn't agree with you more. What committee would you like to go on once you're elected? What committees? I have uh, three choices for my top committee. The House Armed Services Committee, the House Armed Services Committee, and the House Armed Services Committee. It's where I wonder I, why. <laughs> it's where I desperately want to serve. You know, we talk about education policy. We need to straighten out some of the policies within the Department of Defense and ensure that our military uh, maintains its mantle of being the most lethal fighting force our world has ever seen. It should be a symbol of American strength, and we should get these woke policies out of the military, too, and focus on what the military is best at, and it's protecting American interests both here and abroad. Proud to have served in our great Navy for 11 years. My brother is uh, the hero of our family. He used to have been in the Marines for 20 years, multiple combat deployments, earned a Bronze Star in Iraq. I want to serve on the House Armed Services Committee to give our men, men and women in uniform the policies and the resources and the tools, the equipment, the supplies, the tactics, the techniques, the procedures in order to ensure that they can, when they have to go fight, they have all the right resources to be able to do so. So eager to do, some, so eager to do that, Cindy. As a national show, 
I've been fighting for months, speaking up how uh, the RNC, the super PACs, even Donald Trump with his ideas have always like not included blue states. They've just, you know, wrote us off. All of a sudden, New York is in play. Everybody's talking about us. And when they meet people like you and they're listening to you discussing the issues, common sense voters know what the answers are. And I am so proud to say that you are a future congressman, a fellow Long Islander, a proud New Yorker, and I can't wait to work with you in New York and in Washington for every single voter and legal citizen of the United States of America. Nick Lalota, where can our audience reach out to you? And thank you much. Uh, this is the greatest country our world has ever known. We have to protect it. We have to keep it that way. If folks want to know more about my, me and my candidacy, you can find us at nicklalota.com just, uh, or put us in a search engine on whatever social media platform you're on. You can find us there. Thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. And the next time you're on, you'll be congressman. And I can't wait to celebrate with you on election night. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye-bye. In the latest spy thriller from Pencraft first place award-winning novelist Jeffrey S. Stevens comes his best character yet. CIA operative Nick Reagan in The Handler. The Handler is the new heart-pounding, dizzying global conspiracy novel that follows the adventure of two CIA operatives from New York to Pakistan, Paris, Las Vegas, and ultimately, America's heartland as they race to prevent a series of terrorist attacks. Here's what's being said about The Handler. Think Jason Bourne for The New Millennium. Ryan Steck, editor-in-chief, The Real Book Spot. Pulsing with reality, The Handler takes you to the precipice with thrills and terror at every hairpin turn. Best-selling author, Chris Beakey. A taut terrorism thriller that mesmerizes with a dizzying global conspiracy and believable stakes. BestThrillers.com Available now on Amazon.com and wherever you get your favorite books. Get your copy and put yourself right in the middle of the CIA's toughest mission yet. My award-winning novel, Jeffrey S. Stevens. Welcome back. Joining us now is a friend to the show. She's been here before, and she had huge news since she was here. She, of course, was endorsed by President Trump. Her state is in play. Ted Budd is ahead in the polls. And as people are looking to the South for Republican leadership, Sandy Smith is expected and projected to win. And the next time she'll be here, she'll be Congresswoman and uh, a friend of the show. Thank you so much for being with the Jewess Patriot. Hi, Cindy. Thank you again for having me on. It's always a pleasure. You're always so fun to be with. You're just always so vibrant and excited and and a time when people are so angry and frustrated with everything going on, it's such like a breath of fresh air to have an elected official, because you will be a congresswoman, uh, who really is hopeful and it comes across just on the smile. And you've really shared so much of your personal life, your your family, your family values with the, our audience and with everybody. And I think it's just been embraced by the country. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I have to tell you, I am humbly honored to have President Trump's endorsement. Uh, a matter of fact, he came out to North Carolina here in Wilmington, North Carolina about, I think it was the it was the 24th of September, I think is when it was. And I had never spoken or met President Trump before that. And I got to meet him before he went on stage. And I kind of go around the corner and he's like, Sandy Smith. And I'm like, President Trump. And he's like, I'm hearing so many great things about you. And I'm hearing that you're working so hard and the race is you're going to win this. He's like, I would like to endorse your campaign. Would you mind? And I'm like, uh, absolutely. I would love for you to, to, to endorse me. And, um, he, that night when he went on stage, he actually endorsed me from the stage. And that was a huge honor, but I'll, t- I'll let, you know, because your, your listeners are, are, are fa- like family and friends. And I like to share the experiences because it's like all of us getting to experience it. Mm-hmm. The next week, 
uh, he called me or excuse me. Well, he, I got a message that he wanted to uh, endorse my campaign formally with a written endorsement. And he just, he, he called me and I had no voice. So I answered the phone and I was like, uh, I was like, hello. And uh, Mr. And, and President Trump goes, Sandy Smith, it's your favorite president of all time. And I'm like, hi, sir. I, I'm so sorry. My voice is gone. I lost it at the rally. And, he, and we had this fantastic conversation. And he said, look, my endorsement is for nothing short of total victory. So we're like, yes, you're ab- absolutely, sir. Yes, we're going to win this. And he said, I'm not writing you just an, a, a standard uh, endorsement. I want to write you a full page, four paragraph endorsement. And he said, I want to go over what I'm putting in this for you. And we did that. So it was really, really exciting. And I got to tell you, uh, President Trump is one of the most genuine, real people that truly cares and loves about our, loves our country. And it's, it's really sad when you have the, the, the fake news media out there putting, you know, just garbage lies. Cause this man really loves our country. He loves all of us and he wants the best for our country. So I have to tell you just actually shared something major here. Everybody thinks that everybody is paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for these endorsements and you just debunked the the uh, opinion or the, the rumor uh-huh. that you got it without one bit of uh, a phone call, not one dollar spent. And I'm sure you'll be at Marlago before uh, after the election, if not before. And I'm sure you will be right out there, front and center as one of the new vi- uh, vibrant and important voices for our country. Absolutely. And I cannot wait. And it's going to, it's going to be a huge honor. And yeah, no, uh, I work hard every single day. A matter of fact, uh, I was coming to our little, uh, our, our podcast this morning, a few minutes late, because I was actually at the polls working, talking to voters, getting ready to cast their votes. And, uh, you know, because today uh, we have early voting that started here in North Carolina. And uh, I'm telling you, the energy is off the hook, excited, because people are are worried about what, where our country's going. We have families that are struggling to put food on the table. Here in eastern North Carolina, we have a ton of farming and, and family farmers here, and they're struggling to pay for the fuel to put it in their equipment to run uh, and, and, and harvest the fields. And also, you know, fertilizer come this springtime when we go to uh, uh, plant again. I mean, they're... they're they are very concerned and um, they, they need change. We want change. That's what they tell me. We want change and we are prayerful for you is what they tell me. So that's really great. And they say in North Carolina, you're going to actually flip some seats. Oh, I think we're going to have a huge red wave. A matter of fact, there is a, a political pundit that just came out this morning that stated that the Democrats are preparing for a total wipeout, which we're like, Absolutely. So we are very uh, optimistic and, and uh, feel we're going to take the Senate and we're going to win Ted Bud's seat here in North Carolina. I'm going to make history and be the first Republican since Reconstruction to win this seat. Uh, we are on path to that. Uh, the Democrats have nothing to run on. All they, If you look across the country, you know what they're doing? They're attacking everybody with personal fake smear ads because they can't run on the policies. I mean, I mean, when they're running and hiding from from Joe Biden, I mean, that that should tell you something. And I will tell you, since the last time you were here, the show got a lot of response to the discussion about your daughter in the military, because we don't hear much about that. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm very, very proud Marine mom. My daughter's from the United States Marines. And actually, my son actually goes to one of the oldest military universities in the country, and he's getting ready to graduate. So we shall see what he decides to do. But I do come from a very, very strong military family. Uh, my father-in-law was one of the original 13 in Delta Force. And my husband and his family have all served in the Army. We've done a Marine Corps, and my dad was Air Force. So uh, we've, we've, and then my, my cousins are, are Navy. So we've got all the branches covered. And uh, military is something we need to definitely take care of. Uh, I don't know if your viewers know it, but we have a lot of active military members that are depending on food stamps 
to feed their children. Can you believe that? It's very hard. I also know that it's now one of the uh, fewest amount of veterans involved in Congress. And we see what it has done to our military, how weak we become, how the world views our military as weak. We've never had that before. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, they did a report card that was released yesterday and every branch of the, the, of the military, with the exception of the Marine Corps, was rated, I, I believe, it weak. Marine Corps was, it was rated strong, but that we cannot allow that. The Army has missed its recruitment goals by 50%. And a lot of that has to do with them forcing the experimental jab onto folks and also dis, you know, uh, uh, discharging these folks that decided not to take the, the, the jab. So we have, we're, we're not equipped. We've lost skilled folks that we have trained and, and, and paid for with the tax dollars. I mean, there's just, there's so much we can do. Our military is better than that. And that, it's a, it's a, a direct reflection of uh, Joe Biden really and his administration. So since you are in farmland and you're one of the few congressional candidates that we have on from the farmlands, we're very concerned about the cost of grains and foods and tell us what's going on. I mean, here we are, we have Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up and so many of us depend on grains for our breads and side dishes and, and also to feed the livestock. Um, people are very, very upset. Oh, they're very upset and they're worried. And I'm actually a farmer myself, my husband and I, we have 137 acres of row crops that we, we have. And then we have a small little 10 acre that we have livestock on. And we're constantly monitoring the prices of grains to feed our animals, as well as, you know, we're talking with other farmers about, you know, the cost to, to, uh, to, to produce. And the thing is, if, if it doesn't, if, if the costs get too high, our farmers are not going to produce. And then you and I are going to not be able to find what we need so we can cook for Thanksgiving or, you know, other holidays throughout the year or just eat in general. I mean, it's, it's very, very scary. And I think that's exactly why we need somebody not only who's a Marine mom and supports our military, but also uh, supports our farmers and understands the struggle is real and, and, and it's going to impact our country. And, you know, talking about farmers as well, I think we need to, we need to focus on uh, making sure that we don't have foreign countries like China buying up our farmland. And that's something that's huge going across the country. And some of it's very strategically purchased land is by some of our military bases. But I think they understand if they control the food, they control the people. And that's why the people have to get out and vote November 8th. I tell people uh, sitting home is not an option. If you don't love the Republican, uh, hold your nose and go out because you see what the Democrats have done. And I also tell people that talk about issues, talk with your friends, ask them if they like their bank accounts diminishing every day, ask them if they feel safe in their subways, in their buses, on your roads. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on on the country roads that's not safe. Oh, absolutely. Well, they've, they've not repaired our roads appropriately. And, but, but yeah, we've got high crime when, when, the, when the, the sheriffs and the law enforcement are incur- encouraged not to pull over vehicles, uh, not to profile vehicles that look like they're, they're, they're hurting you know, these drugs and stuff from our southern border, which they are doing and, and, and is killing our communities all over the country. It's actually and it should be declared as a national emergency, this fentanyl crisis, uh, because it is, is horrific. I mean, I, we were talking, I was talking to some law enforcement officers that they have one of the biggest busts of these fentanyl and they had enough fentanyl to kill the entire county five times. I mean, it was huge. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. We, I mean, you talk about subways. I mean, I know when you go up to New York and stuff, it's fun to go and, and tour the city. It's just not safe. No one goes to the city anymore. Yes, I, I haven't been back and I love the city. I love it. It's fun, uh, but I, I can't, it's not safe. I, I had to adjust my whole life and so have all my friends. And now even the suburbs are all afraid to walk around and because 
you don't know. There were some very strange looking people on the streets. There's been a load of carjackings. Oh, yeah. It's been a load, you know, those Amazon boxes that sit in front. They've been stolen 11 o'clock in the morning, one o'clock in the wow. afternoon in broad daylight. Wow. That's well, great. that's why we need somebody like you in Congress. Who is the one person you're looking forward to working with? Gosh, there's there's a lot of good folks up there to work with. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to, uh, to working with folks on the Freedom Caucus. I think they they offer a, a lot of good things. Um, I'm also looking forward to working with folks on the Senate side as well, because we need to have strong relationships there. I mean, I love Marsha Blackburn. I'm excited for Ted Budd when he's elected. Uh, you know, we've just got a lot, a lot of um, good people up there that, you know, want to get good things done. And we, they just need, we need more of us, more America first uh, folks. And also people, we need not two people or five people as a majority. We need 35 people as a majority. And that's why every seat counts. So Sandy Smith, the next time you'll be on, you'll be Congresswoman elect. Yes, I will. And I cannot wait to celebrate with you and your, your uh, people because uh, it's, it's, it's going to be fantastic. You know, you, you have a great fan base and, and I love all of your viewers and everything. And uh, it's an absolute honor to come in and talk with you and, and share the excitement. I'm sure I'll get some more phone calls. I'll get to share those stories with you. Well, we, we can't wait. I look forward to meeting you in person. Yes. Sandy Smith, thank you for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you so much. And hey, don't forget, check out my website, sandysmithnc.com. Take care, guys. Thank you. Stand up, Texas. There comes a time in one's life where you have to take a stand for what you believe in. To stand for what you know in your heart is right. For yourself, for your children, for your grandchildren. As Texans, we are in a fight for our independence and the promise of freedom that Texas was built upon. And it's that very freedom that is being stripped away from us right now. As brothers, sisters, business owners, employees, students, we are all in this fight together. It's time to take a stand, Texas. We are an organization of nearly 400,000 Texans. We're pushing for Texit and our freedom, our independence. Join us. Let's stand together. Visit texitnow.org. That's texitnow.org. Paid for by the Texas Nationalist Movement. Joining the Jewess Patriot now is another Jewess Patriot. I am so, so proud to see Jewish women coming into the Republican Party and not just voting, but actually running for office on all levels. And a true Asia Skaya, which is a woman of valor to all of our followers, is Miriam Levitt Lissa, who is running against somebody in the squad. And her seat, like every other congressional seat in New York, is now in play because of the number one issue that is plaguing New York crime. She represents the Westchester suburban area, not too far from New York City, and many of the residents in her area are afraid to go to work because of what is going on on subways, on buses, and on streets in Manhattan every single day. Miriam is going to talk about that a little more and why she is running, and I'm so proud to have another Jewess patriot. Miriam, thanks for joining the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. And and first of all, I really want to acknowledge that America, America has been great for the Jewish people for generations. And we should be proud of the United States, which I am, because of of the few places in human history where 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 freedom is is a essential part and where worship is protected and traditional values are what makes you an american not not ethnic background it has to do with your with your with the values that you espouse which is a wonderful thing uh in westchester particularly we have a very traditional multicultural uh multicultural uh society and it's a wonderful place to raise children and to work because of that well uh westchester has a very uh well-known new yorker rob astorino 
He is a former county executive and a former uh, candidate for uh, governor, and he has endorsed your campaign. Yes, he has. And uh, basically, the person you're running against is one of the most progressive, anti-Semitic, anti-Judeo-Christian value leaders of of defund the police. And since he called for it, Jamal Bauman, 30% spike in crime just in your district. Tell us more about this spike and what your leader has done, your current leader. Well, if you decide to defund the police, you cannot you can't expect anything but an increase in crime, uh, street crime particularly. If we're told that in when we travel down to the city where we have to tolerate uh, people doing drugs outside uh, on the street, watching them, uh, vandalism and and street crime, uh, then we um, we're what do you think is going to happen? It's so obvious that this will all increase. In addition, uh, criminals are released immediately. And uh, they're not incarcerated. And so you have uh, people in the street who have been, before that day, have been brought in and brought back out, let back out again, and they're going to perpetrate crimes again. So it really isn't surprising how this deteriorated. We had a low crime situation before, but if you don't have police to back you up, and I believe me, I think we should respect the, the heroic first responders that we have. I respect them enormously. I was the police commissioner. Uh, in the village of Scarsdale before I was the mayor. And I did uh, I did work with the police and the fire department. I was the fire commissioner as well. And I supported the first responders. If you disrespect them. One and second, you, I lost you. One second. I'm going to pause this one. I don't know. Okay. Right. Go ahead. If you disrespect them and you defund them, uh, certainly you will have a rise in crime. That's what that's what you can expect just by running a government. You can see what's going to happen. I don't know why it went in that direction. It's it, it it's not only, you know, and it was specifically there were some things um, against Judaism as well. Not just uh, not just general rise in crime, but we were seen as targets uh, because of our support for a great ally of the United States, the state of Israel, which was which was designated as a catastrophe by my opponent. Uh, for the Middle East. And I don't understand, I, I really don't understand why a beacon like Israel should be designated a catastrophe. It's hardly a catastrophe when you have a nation which gives first quality, uh, first world health care to its all its uh, all its people and has education for men and women. That, Including Arabs, Arab women of, who live in Israel. That's what I meant. Absolutely. And the uh, right to thrive and have a job. This is a catastrophe. No, this is the modern world coming in. It's a beacon for for the uh, human for humankind. And I, I don't understand why it can be listed that way. Okay. Uh, Jamal Bauman could give up his cell phone, give up many of the vaccines that he and his friends like, can give up ways in their car. Because it all comes from Israel. And it's not just the Jewish community. The Judeo-Christian values are at stake with people like him in office. I want to discuss what we discussed a little bit before we uh, went on air, which is how people have been responding to your campaign, just like every other campaign in New York. You are attracting common sense people, Democrats, independents, Progressives even, because they're afraid to walk on their streets, because they're tired of paying $4.50 for a dozen eggs. Tell us a little bit about that, because you are involved in the education arena, you've held local office, you're a doctor. Tell us a little bit about that. Of course. Um, I think inflation is a very big topic for, for our residents. The cost the increase of costs, particularly fuel costs, are very important uh, to our residents because they drive back and forth to the city or they take trains, which is not not inexpensive. And remember, winter is coming and we're going to have to heal our we're going to have to heat our houses, too. And so this is going to be a big issue for us if we don't have adequate fuel. Now, I do believe in uh, the environment, of course. When I was the mayor of Scarsdale, I innovated 
uh, environmental practices for which I got a, a New York State uh, I got a New York State award for doing that, and I understand how important this is. But it is being interrupted by a crisis that we're having now, and I think that for the future we still have some things down the road that we can do. But right now, for this winter, um, I don't think it was right for for us to have our nuclear power taken away without any in New York State without anything to replace it, and to have the uh, Keystone Pipeline taken away without anything to replace it. This does affect our residents, and they are quite quite aware of it. I think that's a very important issue. Now, um, in addition, uh, besides the inflation, we have uh, problems in our schools in terms of values, and we're fighting very hard to maintain high values because the schools were under a lot of pressure during during the uh, um, the epidemic, and uh, this this is something that has kept our residents very interested in the political scene. And everyone knows me; I'm a medical director of a school district. And in my school district, uh, we didn't have to close because I was prepared. I had everything set up um, and uh, we were able to use our facilities to keep it open, particularly one particular area that I like to I like to mention, which is um, in the summertime when everybody was closed, we were open because we have a BOCES, which is a Board of Education Special Services, uh, where we have children that have special needs, and they were able to attend school at all times. And let me point out that our scores did not drop. So Fantastic. this is something. Absolutely. So this and yet, is something. Wait, your competition, the current congressman, wants to eliminate standardized testing so that people could come into the schools. Like we saw on Fox News, courtesy of Rob Astorino, all the illegal immigrants coming right into your district. And using your school this, uh, budgets for their needs at the expense of the legal citizens, regardless of Democrat or Republican, Black, Hispanic, Asian, white, Jewish, Catholic, private or public school, they were all secondhand citizens, second-class uh, citizens, uh, according to Congressman Bauman. And t- the illegal immigrants coming in what considered the royalty, for lack of a better word? Um, I would I would say that I do have something to say about immigration. That's that is very important because I am an immigrant myself. And when I came to this country, um, I had to prove it was a cousin of ours that did it. I had to prove that we had enough resources so that um, I did not I was not going to be forced to work in child labor. I was protected. I was protected. I did not have to work in child labor. But now, with the way it is now, with this with this system that doesn't exist, children are brought in under stressful situations, and the little girls suffer enormously, enormously with, with what happens to them on the way in. And boys are recruited also to work with cartels and in the drug trade, and the drugs are brought in too. So this, I th- I understand that people need to come to the United States, but they have to come safely. They have to come under under humane conditions, not the way they come in now. Um, and, I, and I think that's- And legally. Uh, absolutely. Safely and legally, of course. And I don't think that's a that should be a problem. I don't understand why that's a, that's a problem. It starts back in the countries that they come from, where the systems are set up so that they uh, have difficulty uh, opening their cases, et cetera, and they have to pass bribes to do that. We need a complete overhaul of this. We need to have it done properly. You have quite a unique background, and talking to you reminds me of the first uh, elected official who was a Holocaust survivor, a Democrat uh, from California. Uh, so you have a, a very unique uh, background. If you could share briefly with sure. our um, audience, especially because Holocaust denial has become such a big part of the squad that your current congressman is a part of. Um, well, that's partial, partially due to um, ideological subversion, which has hit our schools, so that this uh, this the education has been undermined of our values has been undermined. And that's something uh, that our universities have suffered from. And it's been a long time since I would say the 1960s through the 1980s, where it really got got in place, and it's still going now. So without a doubt, that is something that we're suffering from and we have to fight back for. And now if you want to know a little bit about how I came to this country, it's exciting. My parents smuggled me out through Europe. I was hidden under a mail truck 
and uh, we, we, we came to a American zone, which was in Germany, and we were placed in a, a displaced person uh, camp for, um, for several years. And then I was brought to America on a Marine troop ship uh, as a legal immigrant to this country. And the first time I saw the Statue of Liberty was from the decks of the ship. And I have to say that that affected me. Um, every time I see the Statue of Liberty, it affects me as well, because the values that it espouses is so important to us. Um, after that, I was raised in the Bronx where I was able to go to school. I'd like to point that out. We had good public schools. That's where I went. Um, and I went, I was able to go in one borough. I was able to go to elementary high school at the Bronx High School of Science. I was able to go to uh, college and while you had a campus then, and I traveled by bus because we certainly couldn't afford uh, to have me um, live in a dorm. And then uh, I went to the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, which was in my neighborhood as well. And that was all given to me. It's uh, it's something for which I have enormous gratitude. I have never given up on the people of the Bronx. I am a lifelong volunteer there at, at Albert Einstein and at Montefiore Hospital. And I will continue to do that as long as I can. Well, we want to make sure that everybody around the country knows that this is a seat in play. And to, this is one squad member we can get rid of as New York is now the center of the country. They're talking about us flipping as many as 11 seats and seven freshmen. So there is something in the water here that New Yorkers are disgusted. They don't care about what party. They are just voting out the Democrats who put in Alvin Bragg and this crazy bail reform. Where can our audience follow you and find you, donate and, and volunteer? Okay. Uh, let me say that New York has the highest rate of people leaving the state. And you can understand why, um, because they're fed up. And uh, what are they fed up with? The crime, high prices, uh, the school the school issues that the schools are under attack. I can, I can see why. Uh, they want to leave, but we can't have that. We have to go back to being the best. By the way, I have to say that about America too. Um, w- one of the reasons for the problems that we are having are the fact that America has lowered its standards in terms of its international position, and we ca- we can't have that. Our stand, our values are too high to let go to let lose. We we have to go with them and 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 become the the leaders of the world as we were at the time that I came to this country. Um, I uh, do have um, a campaign uh, with um, a, uh, a website. You can find me. It's easy. It's uh, um, uh, I have an email, Dr. Miriam at, uh, oh, sorry, I got it. Dr. Miriam for Congress at uh, gmail.com. And I do have a website also that's similar to that. If you send us an email, we'll, we'll be happy to respond to you. We can use any kind of volunteers or anything anybody wants to do to help us. Well, we thank you so much for being a Jewess patriot, and we look forward to hearing a lot more from you today, tomorrow, in the future, future Congresswoman, and uh, just a proud New Yorker, a proud American. Thank you. A grateful New Yorker and a grateful American. Thank you. Thank you very much, Cindy, for seeing me today. Thank you. American Airlines rated the worst, losing the most bags, shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left to distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs? Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians. Welcome back. What a show. I'm so happy to bring you candidates who will become Congress representatives and will be our voice for democracy, safety, security, pride. And I mean pride as in American pride, proud to be an American and a bright future for our children and grandchildren. Before we close, I want to share in my pearls of wisdom a little tidbit I found out this week. I am Ziesel Pearl. That means sweet pearl in Jewish. And my closing pearls of wisdom are for all of my listeners, not just the conservative ones. Health has been a major issue during this campaign, whether or not it's parents concerned about vaccine mandates in schools, 
whether or not it's watching Joe Biden make numerous blunders and falling. Or in Pennsylvania, it's the debate of whether John Fetterman is healthy enough to even take an office and hold it and survive the years involved. But I want to talk about the health of the voter. And that's you, because so many of you are so emotionally drained by finances and uh, safety and putting on the news and watching violence after violence. And I want to talk to you about something I did this week. And that is meditation. The teacher of the class was probably very liberal as were probably many of the people sitting there in the class. But the best health for all of us is taking time out every day and just shutting off the world. Whether or not you sit in a dark room, you lie on a bed, you use some essential oils or candles, you need time for yourself. You need to pat yourself on the back. You need to say, I'm worth it. I love myself. And I am doing the best I can. And things can only get better with a positive energy and a positive attitude. Take that positive energy and the positive attitude to the voting places that you go to on November 8th and say, I'm voting for democracy. I'm voting to end cashless bail reform. I'm voting to get the cost of gas back down, to pay $2 a dozen eggs again, and to think about putting money away for my retirement. I'm thinking about putting on the news and not hearing threats of nuclear war in Europe, Asia, the Middle East, you name it. And I'm thinking about brighter days ahead. I am not doing any uh, memorials to Holocaust uh, people that were passed away, that were murdered brutally, because I want to take this time as much as I can to discuss elections. It stays away. But after the elections, of course, I'm going to commemorate innocent victims who were murdered because they were Jewish. This is the Jewish patriot, the Jewess patriot. You don't have to be Jewish with Cindy. I'll see you next week. And stay healthy, stay educated, stay active, and stay proud to be an American. Let's make America great together. Thanks for watching The Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program, as well as previous ones, available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on The Jewish Patriot Show.